It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Dave Watson. Hello, Fergus. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? Not bad. We just recorded the intro to this, but Dave made a joke that I thought was so distasteful that I said, and this is me, I said, (laughs) let's restart the natter because I don't think we should start off with that. So you will never know what distasteful joke Dave made, but you know, distasteful it was. And I feel like I've just, you know, I know you a little better now, Dave. (laughs) Um, Paul Doolan sadly can't be here. Um, He's uh, otherwise engaged. Dave, I've just found out that uh, Joe, uh, one of our many uh, producers, engineers, Mm -hmm. who's just looked at me, I can't believe you're actually naming me, but I'm doing it. Um, I've just found out that, because we record this in an office, in London that Mm. during the day is used for something else. What? We don't know. Every time he does this, he steals something from their fridge. (laughs) 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 So right now he's, um, he's eating a, a a yogurt. (laughs) 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 He does does it like, he does it every time. Does it have like, Carol's yogurt written on it in Biro or anything. It doesn't, to be fair. No. But he said it used to be that um, when we were recording, there'd still be some people in the office, so I wasn't allowed. I think you're still not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair play. Fair play, you know. You've got to take what you can from this life. Well, I'm guessing he's not getting paid very well for this. So. This is it. He's not getting paid yeah. well, I suspect. Wages, damn the man. Wages are decreasing. You know, yeah. you got you got to take something from the one percent. Exactly. Yeah. And yogurt is the way to go, by the looks of things. Yogurt, yogurt. Let's you got to take yogurt wherever you can get it. <laughs> so um, I'm just looking at his yogurt right now, on the side of it, and it's got um, 
some uh, stuff written on the side of it, like you know, like on the side of a bottle of innocent. It'll have. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it says, um, "The Newcastle Natter is back for the season." (laughs) (laughs) By Ladbrokes, bet five pounds, get twenty pounds. If you deposit five pounds, Ladbrokes will add another twenty to your account. You can get this offer by. Yeah, you hang on. Just yep. let me just finish reading the rest of the side of his pot of yogurt. But it's you, on the side of the pot, yeah. It's on the side of the pot. I'm just reading it now. I'm just turning it round. Oh, okay. You can get this offer by following the link at bet.newcastlepodcast.com. Well, there you go. There you. <laughs> like I could see immediately where you were going with it. I know you could. I... Well, that's half the fun, isn't it? <laughs> but it was joyful. Well done, sir. I, the yogurt story wasn't made up just to get to that, by the way. I mean, the yogurt story he, is true. He, he is a dairy thief. Yes, a dairy thief. Although, no, actually, it's a soy yogurt. So, to be fair, he's not a dairy thief. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to the lad. Um, now, you predicted 1-1. Newcastle yeah, versus Liverpool. You yeah. t- predicted... 1-1. One, one. I never predict 1-1. One, one. I mean, no, what I mean is no. I always predict 1-1. One, one. <laughs> and I didn't predict 1-1 one, one this time, and it was 1-1. One, one, one. And yeah. uh, so well, one, well done, Dave. Um, yeah. You win a yoghurt. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, a pretty good performance, no? Yeah, very good performance. Um, I thought... Uh, before the match, I was expecting their quality to tell in the final third, but for us to put up like a, a like a resolute, um, a manful defence, um, and I got half of that right. Um, I thought they're uh, they're attacking. Like put it this way, their their right sided uh, attacker um, uh, Salah wasn't it? It was Mo Salah was was mainly on the right hand side. Yes, and he was kept in check by Javier Manquillo. Now, I don't think it was a good player being kept out by a good defender. I think it was a good player being kept out by a good defense. Like the whole the whole of the back four did did very very well, and. Um, Specifically, DeAndre Yedlin. For, for me, he was man of the match. He was absolutely superb on Sunday. He was, uh, yeah, he was brilliant. Yes, he won a lot of plaudits. Uh, Mane got even less of a look in, probably, than Salah. Yeah, yeah, um, that's that's fair. Just in general, it was, it was a very good, well drilled, focused performance, and um, but, it makes me like our team. It makes yeah, me, yeah, we yeah, feel that's... like, we feel like, I don't know, like <laughs> maybe this isn't what we want to be, but we feel like, I don't know, Iceland in the Euros, you know? I'll take that. Not a, glamour, mate, like... not a glamorous team, but, but uh, a team uh, who um, uh, are disciplined and uh, fight for the cause. This is on the basis of a few games and, and we, we do have little instances uh, where it all goes wrong, but of course, I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed that performance. Well, I thought like I can't remember the last time we've had in our side like um, uh, mentality where we are consistently the underdog, uh, like in in almost every fixture, um, and they pull together and they're like the you know that old cliche the the sum is greater than the 
No, sorry, the, the total is greater than the sum of the parts. I think under Benitez, we have been, even though the, in the championship we went into every single game as the as you know odds-on favourites, but in the, the Premier League, we've carried across that like that team ethos that we had in the championship that Benitez built by buying the right kind of squad for that league. We've got it in the Premier League as well. So when we're coming up against sides like like Liverpool, like Tottenham Hotspur, we know we've got to dig in and we know we've got to like battle for every 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 inch of ground. But when we come up against like West Ham and Swansea and, and teams like that, that ethos carries uh, like a less um, gifted side, like a less talented football side to, to higher heights than those teams who maybe don't have the, that team ethos, who maybe don't have that togetherness. And it's it's encapsulated from from front to back. Like Josselu and Perez worked so hard. Hosselu, like Perez, we've been through this, dude. It's Hosselu. Carry on. Hosselu, sorry. Hosselu and Perez worked so hard, and Perez isn't getting a lot of credit for his game against Liverpool. But what I saw was maybe him him doing a lot of work closing down uh, the two central midfielders that um, that were deeper lying. Like uh, certainly um, Henderson. Henderson can pull the strings and can um, make things happen for Liverpool. But I thought Perez, by closing him down, by not giving him a lot of time on the ball, I thought I thought he did a good job. He didn't. He didn't. He wasn't a goal threat at all. But Perez, Perez did well, and I, he gets a lot of criticism because a lot of our moves break down with him as the last person that touched the ball. You know, he's the one that doesn't put the right final ball through or doesn't take his chance or maybe makes the wrong pass uh, in the, in the final third. But I thought his, I think that's why he's in the team ahead of Diame and ahead of like shifting Hosselu out of position and shift, you know, playing Gale or something like that. He's there because he's really busy, really hardworking, um, decent technically. So, I think he deserves more credit than he's getting. Fair enough. Um, You've just given him it. I wasn't expecting, um, the biggest praise on this pod to go to Perez, but you know, fair enough. If you're well, listening to like IOZ, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest praise has to go to, um, well, the whole team deserves a lot of praise, but they're all getting it. And I just think that um, maybe Perez hasn't been receiving. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, um, what I'll, did you think of, I was just going to ask, what did you think of their goal? Just to go straight into that. Of their goal? It was terrific. Yeah. Coutinho, so clean cut, isn't he? It's, it's something yeah. so sort of pure about him. I don't know. He's a lovely footballer, isn't he? Oh, he is. He's very like... I, there's I don't know. He's. A, I've just thought of this off the top of my head. But the way he strikes... I was about to say a bit like David Beckham, he reminds me. Even though he's a different sort of player. But Do you like, mean just that like clinical technique? He does that, everything sort of right. Per, yeah, that perfect... He, He's got a little bit more about him than Beckham had, probably, yeah. in terms of a turn and all that. But um, mm. the way he strikes a football um, yeah. is very nice. And, you know, he's he's quite sort of, I don't know, clean cut. You know, I don't know. Oh, it was, it was a very, well. yeah, I, I don't know. It was a, it was a, like he's a professional. He's, he's quite a professional player as well. He's, he doesn't strike you as being uh, a bit... Uh, you, you, you don't expect him to like dive or kick up a fuss when something's not going his way. You expect him just to graft. Like, to keep fair, Beckham used to do a bit of that. I don't know. I've just thought of this analogy off the top of my head, but you know, okay. 
you know. But like, I thought it was a brilliant goal, and I don't blame mm. Shelby for that. Really, no. I mean, it was so quick that he got that shot away. I, well, although like he had an opportunity a little bit later on, and I think Shelby probably closed him down a bit quicker. Um, mm, mm. Thinking of that first goal, but but I I don't really blame anyone no. for that. The only one, the only thing I would say about that goal is it, that that opportunity uh, came from. Uh, so they crossed it in from the left, and initially Lascelles clearing header wasn't great, and then Richie's clearing header header wasn't great, and that led to the build up to Coutinho's. Uh, goal, but you can't fault you know you can't fault the defense after that. So they did it like like for the ball to get to him, there were a couple of mistakes, but then they set themselves up in the right place. Like you say, Shelby got out just not not that yard or so quick enough, uh, and Elliot was on the you know he he, he can't you couldn't like second guess which way Coutinho was gonna was going to shoot and realistically you'd expect him to go far post but that was a lovely lovely strike and I just wanted like because I don't want people to criticise um, Elliot or Shelby for that I think I don't think they did anything wrong in that goal uh, Now that we've sort of licked Newcastle United's balls for quite a while um, yeah. I will say that you could say it was a very lucky result we did very well but it was a lucky result on two counts well a few counts one we happen to be meeting Liverpool at a time where they haven't won in six now, I think. Okay. So we're, yeah. we're meeting Liverpool at a good time. We, they, they did get very close to scoring at least a couple more times. There was that crazy scramble in the goal mouth. Yeah. Where, yeah. you know, we were lucky to get away with that. You know, it was what it was. Yeah. And I can't remember. Yeah, of course. And then the most obvious uh, stroke of luck was uh, Hosselu's finish. <laughs> I mean, he's he's put to bed any questions about his finishing ability, hasn't he, with that? I mean, it was just <laughs> clinical. Just uh, as we were saying about Coutinho, just everything's done well. The technique is perfect. And, it's hard you know, to, which was the better goal? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But then, you know, you work hard and you get your luck. I think um, the... Criticism has to go to the the Liverpool back line. I think there were a few times where uh, we could have, if we had had better players, carved open, uh, carved open the Liverpool defence. Because I'm not, uh, I'm not impressed with their back line. The good players, but I thought Atu, Atu and Gomez was a decent tussle, and I think Atu was probably getting the better of him. Um, I think that Richie and Yedlin had, I thought Atsu had a pretty quiet game, to be fair. There was that one moment where he got to the byline. I, mm. uh, respectfully, anyway. yeah. And there were just a couple of opportunities. Like, um, certainly with uh, Yedlin and Richie on the right, there was a there was one moment where um, I think it led to Richie having a shot, but um, Shelby was playing a through ball to Yedlin and Richie collected it. And Yedlin was like, Behind the back, uh, behind the Liverpool back line, and it was—it's the kind of pass through that has defenders turning, has them losing their man. And if you've got like uh, Richie was obviously in the box at the time, uh, Shelby was on rushing. You've got Perez and um, 
uh, Hosselu in the box already. That was an opportunity that, like I say, if if Richie had left it, it would have gone through Yedlin, and I think we would have had a better opportunity. But we were testing their keeper, and the one time that we got a, a corner, um, we caused panic in their in their uh, back line. And I think if we'd had two or three corners, we did. That was like the scored. corner was like wasn't it an injury time? Yeah, we yeah, suddenly like got. I was waiting for our set piece chances, and they both mm. came right at the end. And I really thought, like, oh, hang on. As soon as we actually got a set piece, I was like, we could, we, we could win this, and it, and they, <laughs> and they, it is amazing how poor they look at defending set pieces. And when we, uh, who would have thought it, aren't too bad at attacking them uh, these days? No, yeah. So uh, yeah, we could have got some. Going back to that Hosselu goal, um, Derek Bunkbed um, got in touch on Facebook. Um, I do hope it's. That's his real name, I suspect not. He said, hello, boys. I'd like to hear your take on the world-class finish by Hosselou. There's not many strikers who could make a clear break like that, deceptively slow, then work out that if he doesn't shoot, Matip will tackle him and twat it off his shin and nestle right in the corner, <laughs> all whilst pulling a caravan. It was not the... Stephen wasn't... Hawking couldn't have worked out the angles that quick, but Hosselou did. That's what he said. <laughs> I mean, credit where credit's due. Yeah. But to be fair, what was quite funny is Hosselu in his celebration, he, he, he wasn't humble. It was, he celebrated <laughs> really like that was exactly what I meant to do. You saw the look on his face, which, which was, fucking hell, that's going in. <laughs> but then the celebration was a real like, yes, I am the king of football. <laughs> Meat and drink for me. I mean, Hosselu, so far, so good in terms of results for us. And, and uh, you know, he's got a, two goals in, what, four games, which is mm. the perfect ratio. I mean, it's not the perfect one, but it's it's the sign of a really good striker. Um, both of them yeah. are pretty fluky. Um Facing that one, on, facing that one-on-one situation, which he did. By the way, great pass by Shelby, and just who, incredible. Who, who yeah. I thought had a really good game, but face, yeah. facing that one-on-one uh, situation, and that I can't think of an. I would have rather Perez was facing that situation. I would have rather Atsu was, Richie was. Yeah. Out of, Gale certainly, even Gale's Mitrovic, I would yeah. have, pref- I would have had more faith in him. But then he does, he does a really valuable job for the team, and he does. You, can't, you can't drop him, can you? No, and if you know, if the goals are going in, yeah, exactly. Him, fair enough. Speaking about Shelby having a good game, I thought because we spoke before the pod about um, if we'd make any changes, and I think Paul or maybe yourself said, "What about dropping Hayden and playing Marino and uh, Shelby?" And it it worked really well. Uh, Marino had a very very good game. Uh, he gave the he gave that's the. That's not what you said on. That's not what you said on Twitter, Dave. During no, on, the game, on, you said he wasn't having a good game. Just just want to pull you up on it, there, Dave. Anyway, yeah, sorry, because that, sorry, carry on. I just was, want the world to know what a inconsistent <laughs> man you are. Well, fuck, yeah, no, in the first, like he he grew into the game. I think it's fair to say he was giving the ball away a fair bit. Um, but he tightened up and uh, he 
I'm sure he led our team in tackles. Um, and I think that him and Shelby against a side that isn't as good as um, as Liverpool, I think they they could get some joy. I mean, we're not going to go into it because there's an international break coming up, but then our next two fixtures are Southampton and Palace. And I'd fancy, touch wood, everybody stays fit. I'd fancy pretty much the same side. Um, the only one I would really drop is Clark. Uh, I'd drop him for Lejeune because I don't think Clark's been playing well recently. Um, like that that air kick that presented the chance to Mo Salah. Oh, yeah. Mo that Salah. That's, I mean, that's just concentration. And on another day, that's, that that's gifting Liverpool a goal. Abs- that was absolutely, you know, tied up in ribbons. That that was oh, it was a t- terrible mistake. And I think honestly, I'd give against the the next two fixtures. I'd I'd, I'd play Lejeune as long as he's you know touch wood he stays fit over the international break. Well, we'll see. But yeah, I understand what you're saying there. He's he was bought to be a first choice defender. I think. And uh, yeah, and yeah, maybe Clark hasn't been at his best. Um, going back to Shelby quickly, did you see his post-match interview with Sky? No, no, I didn't. Shelby and uh, Richie gave a post-match interview where Shelby was clearly a little bit miffed that Richie was getting man of the match and not him. Which it was a bit of an odd choice by Sky that Richie got man of the match. No, um, yeah. Shelby was like, he's obviously got friends at Sky. And um, did he? Yeah, you know, joking. Yeah. And oh, okay. uh, and they, uh, the interviewer asked um, Matt Ritchie, just uh, tell us what it is that uh, John Joe Shelby brings to the side. And uh, Shelby went banter. Banter. It just goes along with my like image of him as the worst man to have on a stag do. <laughs> Bent. Oh God! He, I just wish that his talent was um, in the body of a nicer bloke. He might, right. he might be all right. He might be all right. But yeah, oh, I saw like a, a pre a pre match interview. I think it was on nufc.co.uk, and it was about. Uh, I'll, I'll apologise to the fans and apologise to my teammates and uh, apologise to the manager, but I'm not apologising to anybody else. Well, I did see that. I did see that. Yeah, but just why not? It's like, does it matter? Just, just say you're sorry. You stood on a bloke. Just, oh, what a dick. Some Never people, mind. Some people just deserve to be stood on, Dave. Um. So speaking of like, go on. Um. Uh, I was just th- there was a challenge in the game that had certainly me off my sofa calling for a red card. That was Gomez's challenge on Atsu um, when there was a high ball. And there seems to be like a misinterpretation that if it doesn't lead to an injury, it's not a red card. But that was high. It was dangerous. Nah, um, nah. I, think it, I think it was a red. Nah, no way was that a red. It was, it, was nowhere, it was nowhere near as high as the ones that, like, for example, the Mane one. It was no, no, that wasn't a red. No. End of. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't like it when you like this. It was a red. Well, I don't think it was, and that's the beauty of football opinions. <laughs> um, 
show. I mean, it was a red in the sense that it was a Liverpool player, but it wasn't a red card, a bull offence, in my opinion. Do you know what the um, Rafa Benitez banner actually said? Oh, I read it today and then I forgot. Are you about to tell so, me? Well, no, I know like the gist of it, but I don't have like I don't have it in front of me. It's, but something, it, it, like, it's something like no matter what they say, we believe in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're behind you and all the rest. No of it. I matter what they tell, yeah. I think that was something that the Valencia fans sung for you know in in in, to, in support of Rafa Benitez That's when he was right, there. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it was a nice touch, but like I don't really. It, it's like it, it'd be like appropriating a man you song for one of our players, like a song that the man you fans used to sing for them, us singing the same song. It's just like, well, we could have said that in our own way, and yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kick off too much because those guys, the Gallagher flags guys, do a brilliant job, and I think it's you know it, it obviously. It, was nice thing for Benitez to see. He was obviously moved by it, but um, I just I wish it was something of our own, you know. Well, why don't you um, why don't you write come up with uh, a really good message, well, cause, Dave, and stick I it mean, on a banner? Let I, th- I think I've proven to th- I think I've proven today that I really shouldn't be in charge of saying a lot of things because you know some of them are really offensive. Yeah, really offensive. <laughs> Um, okay I mean yeah I understand what you're saying but I guess it was a way of you know sort of saying oh we've done our research we reckon you'll like this you know it's a bit like it's a bit like when you it's a bit like a really thoughtful present you know yeah yeah so I get what you're saying. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do is we're going to have a quick break now, and then we will talk about the potential for a really exciting takeover. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Welcome back. Um, so, Dave... What's yeah. her name? Amanda Stavely? That's the girl. So, in, in, ca- in case you, you haven't followed this, uh, a lady called Amanda Stavely attended uh, the game against uh, Liverpool uh, this Sunday. That um, immediately uh, sent uh, Newcastle, the entirety of Newcastle came in their pants once they <laughs> yeah. went on her Wikipedia page because... She is uh, a lady who um, specialises in Middle East investments, uh, investments mm-hmm. from people from the Middle East. She was involved in the takeover in Manchester City. She, I think she was involved in a failed takeover of Liverpool. Yep. Um, so everyone went into overdrive with speculation. From what I mm-hmm. can pick up, there's nothing concrete about her in particular, apparently, according to the Chronicle, she was actually a guest of Kenny Daglish at the game, and there's been no contact with Newcastle. So it's people putting two and two together and making five. But we do know that um, Mike Ashley 
supposedly says that the club is for sale. There's talk of a £380 million price tag. So if not someone from the Middle East, then maybe someone else. There's been talk of Chinese investors. There's been talk of Americans. Mm. What do you reckon, Dave? Well, the interesting thing is that uh, George Colkin, who's a journalist for the Times, uh, he's like the Northeast football correspondent and and, and is excellent at his job. Uh, he was saying that um, she was, he made a point of saying that she was not invited, she wasn't a guest of the club. And like you say, she was either a friend of Kenny Dalglish's. Um, apparently, like the, the failed bid to take over Liverpool happened when Benitez was in charge and he's got links to her, even if it's just like they're on you know, speaking terms. But what the interesting thing for me is um, not only was Amanda Staveley, who is a big power broker in, in, in football, is um, David Bick uh, was also at the game. Now, Sorry, David is that Bick? Bick, is Bick. Okay. B-I-C-K, yeah. Okay. Uh, he, he was at the game. He's a PR like big wig. Uh, he specialises in the PR surrounding like club takeovers. Um, he's been involved in a few, apparently. He was also at the game. Now, it could be just a coincidence. It could be that they were mates and they were you know, both available for that specific game. But it, with all the rumours before this game uh, that have been building about uh, Ashley like, actively looking to sell, the reports that there's been uh, interested parties having signed uh, a non-disclosure agreement um, which generally happens when people are looking at each other's financial books. Um, all that talk. Then you've got um, Benitez apparently had lunch with uh, Mike Ashley or is having lunch with Mike Ashley soon. Like They're going out on a, on a dinner date together, which will be lovely, I'm sure. He's had um, lunch or he will have lunch? I think he's had it because we spoke about it on the pod. What do, sure you reckon that, what do you reckon they'll have? I mean, it's... Mike Ashley well, and Rafa Benitez. It's it's not going to be a it's not going to be a salad, is it? It's going to no. it's going to involve gravy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think um, Mike Ashley will have a Chateaubriand by himself with like a gallon of wine, and uh, I don't know. We've been. I don't even know what a Chateaubriand is. Oh, look it up. It's delicious. What is it? Meat, meat, more they, meat. Do you reckon there's one in the fridge at this in this office? Because I might nick one. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it properly, but okay. it's, and right. it's an expensive meat um, okay. dish. Um, I don't think he's yeah, an but expensive all... tastes man when it comes to food, Mike Ashley. I yeah, could, see, I could see the two Gregs. I reckon they'll just buy a Gregs anyway. <laughs> Speaking of Gregs, just quickly, uh, I saw something today that. In Newcastle, you can get Greg's delivered to you by Uber Eats, so that that'll help with the, the, the you know the nation's obesity problem, I'm sure. Um, yeah. All that aside, could you all, like, like what's the like, can you like how much would it get cost to just get a steak bake? I'm guessing it'll, you'll have to do like twenty pound minimum spend, but twenty pound minimum spend at Greg's for Greg's. I mean, well, it can't like, be twenty pound, but maybe like a tenner, pounds. even a tenner. Like a tenner would be, what, like seven pasties and a Ribena or something. I don't know, but it's just... So it's honestly, seven pasties does not get you past the tenner mark at Greg's. I'm trying to think. Is it, is it... You'd have to be hosting some kind of Greg's theme part, 
party. <laughs> so um, that sounds a fucking brilliant idea. But getting back to the, the yes. takeover thing, I think that there is there's reasons to be cautiously, skeptically optimistic. Like it is Mike Ashley. He's a difficult negotiator. He's has a reputation for moving the moving the goalposts in the middle of discussions, in the middle of meetings, and it could be that somebody is wanting to t- uh, to lodge lodge a bid at his requested price, but he's a twat and he, he makes it difficult for them and they back out. It could be that there's absolutely nothing in it, or it could be that someone is seriously looking to take over Newcastle United. And the the people that are involved, like Amanda Staveley, if she is, Bick, if he is, um, this Justin Barnes lawyer that he's got, that Ashley's got, he's a you know, he's he's the kind of negotiator that I would expect Mike Ashley to use in something of this weight and not some not somebody that he'd use when he's trying to buy Hosselu from Stoke. So I think there's a lot of ducks in the line that add up for me to the possibility of a bid being made. Um, but I just, I don't know if, if Ashley will be enough of a, uh, just, I've got just some opinions on this. I've got some opinions Go. on this, Dave. Yeah. First of all, your the assumption, and it's understandable how one would come to this, but the assumption is that us getting taken over is automatically good. There is no, Mike Ashley, has been most Newcastle fans would say a terrible owner, but true. Anyone who's followed football over the last 10 years or so knows that there's actually a lot worse out there. So yeah, there's no guarantee that this, that a takeover is a good thing for a football club. It very true. often isn't. Um, Agreed. It could be really good. It could be if she's the same woman who helped whoever bought um Sheikh Mansour yeah yeah the Qataris who got Man City mm. then that's an interesting thing for a football to go through club to go through on the one hand we would all love the success of Manchester City but I used to like Manchester City I hate them now not because they're successful but because there's something plastic and about them and yeah I would I'll be honest I would like it because that's probably the only way we're ever going to challenge for titles is if we're bought in that in under those sort of circumstances. Yeah. But you know, I guess that's where my, my, you know, Hmm. it turns out I'm okay. It turns out I've thought about it and I think I'm okay with, uh, my football club being bought out by an amoral, uh, (laughs) <laughs> Middle Eastern uh, regime that relies on slavery for propaganda purposes. If that means that we win a cup, then I think I'm okay with it. But you know, it's it's not so there is, all roses. No, and one thing I would say is just like we have a billionaire owner. Like there's the, a the big, big difference dif- between Mike Ashley and Sheikh Mansour. Sure. But then we don't like for all we know that the, the the interested parties, if they exist at all, might be five billionaires rather than one billion, which is what Mike Ashley's got around about. Like it might not be a, 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 a seismic shift. And for me, the thing that will change is that it's likely simply because I can't imagine it 
it not being the case that the owner that we might get will have more ambition than Mike Ashley. And that could lead to, you know, boom and bust like us trying to buy loads of players and then not working out. It could mean that Rafa Benitez spends an absolute fortune and falls out with the owners because they don't give him more. It could mean a whole host of things. But the thing is, as it stands, Mike Ashley could not give a shit if we finish fifth or well, yeah, fifth or seventeenth. As long as there's a Premier League vehicle for Sports Direct, he's happy. Hopefully, you know, he, yeah. Hopefully, they'll have more ambition. But you know, yeah, Mike Ashley, and I'm not defending Mike Ashley here, but like uh, in footballing terms, now, bit, just saying the word billionaire doesn't mean, yeah, you know, like. Unless you're saying he's got to invest, a, you know, I want him to invest his entire billion into the club, <laughs> yeah. then uh, that doesn't necessarily make it automatic that he can do what has been done by Abramovich or by uh, Sheikh Mansour or by the Qataris at PSG, right? You know, and I know you're not asking for that. I'm just giving no, no, some no. context. Yeah. But um, of course, I reckon there's like. These days, I reckon there's only two reasons why people buy a football club. And the most... It used to be that buying a football club was financially a stupid thing to do. Mm. It was just a guaranteed way to lose money. You did it out of love. Mm. Now, because of the amount of money in football, actually, it can be a pretty good way of making money. So I think there'll be a lot of buyers out there who are genuinely buying it looking into buying it as an investment because if we can stay in the premier league it's a very investable proposition and you don't you as long as you're you don't need an ambition bigger than staying in the premier league to make money no and And then the other reason uh, that people buy a football club is either an ego trip or for propaganda for an amoral Middle Eastern regime. <laughs> <laughs> the the other thing to, to to consider is like how like where we are right now, where we remain one of the twentieth richest clubs on the planet because of Mike Ashley and the wealth of the club. Really? But if you look at Honestly, yeah, we, this still at, really. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we're, uh, we're I'm. I'm like 98% sure we're in the, the, the top 20. We might be like 21st or 22nd. But the point is, we are one of the richest clubs on the planet. And there's a massive gap between the likes of us and like Man U, PSG, you know, the rest of it. But we're still up there. We're not far off. But we've got one of the smallest commercial revenues for a club. Yeah, we're miles off. So if, if, if a big... A big, a new owner comes in, and they can attract the kind of sponsorship deals that we're seeing go to Spurs and Everton and 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 all the rest of them. If they can bring in commercial partners, where they strip away the Sports Direct banners that still cover our stadium and put up AIG or you know JD other Sports. banking institutions. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, if if somebody comes in, like our commercial revenue could spike. And with that comes, uh, because we're bringing more money into the club, means that we can afford better players while still remaining in, like, within the laws of FFP. Um, so we don't have to worry about anything like that. And we are a financially hale and healthy club as it stands. So any potential buyer isn't walking into a situation where they've got to suddenly plug a massive 
massive debt to external lenders. All our debt is to Mike Ashley. So all all it'll be is instead of buying a club that's worth 150 million that also owes 150 million, they pay Mike Ashley on like 300 million. And like, it's just that thing about like, we are so close to being a great side, uh, a great football club rather, that the right owner or even just an owner with a bit of ambition could catapult us from, I mean, we were all saying like, we'd be happy with staying up. I think you were saying like 12th would be good and all the rest of it. And maybe next year we'd consolidate and stuff. This could catapult us like four or five positions higher than we were expecting. And like have us in contention for cops, have us in contention for like a European spot when the, when the big clubs stumble I don't know. It could, we, we'll see. It could be. It's we'll exciting. See. It, it is really nice. Is it was nice to suddenly think, oh, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was just that looking at her and her um, background, this Amanda Stavely lady. It, w- yeah. it was suddenly like, oh, us, really? <laughs> uh, the, you know, suddenly it? felt quite flattered. Oh, there's still that chance that we might win the football fan lottery supporting mm. a team that suddenly becomes massive you know we'll see it seems so i don't think the, like just very quickly even if we were bought out by someone of Sheikh mansour's ilk we still like the premier league is very congested at the top with clubs that it'll be very hard to usurp quickly like we're still behind man U's and man cities and chelsea's and arsenal and spurs and Liverpool, maybe that even with millions and hundreds of million pounds spent on the the playing squad, we can't compete yet. They've had yet. years of like lo- like high investment. We Leicester, are- Leicester, Leicester won it, Dave. Leicester, <laughs> that and Fuck Leicester. But you know, yeah. Man Man City. You know, it took them. What did it take them? Like three or four years. Of, yeah, but the uh, three big... or four years when really the only teams going for the title at that time were like Man U um, and City. And Man U were having a, like, because it was the tail end of Ferguson's reign when when Man, when Man City really became a force. And they've only really become like title. Oh, like... shut up. What's the, <laughs> let me dream. <laughs> who knows where it's going to go? There's so many. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Let's the one it. Exactly. Leicester won it. D- d- yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, um, who knows? International break now. Mm. So, um, I don't think we'll do a pod next week, unfortunately. No. Well, have you seen Richie's pulled out of the Scotland squad, citing he's picked up a knock? I did, which was, he's picked up a knock. I cannot do. Um, so uh, I'm hoping he's just calling it. Like I, I hope he's just skiving. Hopefully, yeah. Because so, he's very important to us. Yeah. So there's that, and we don't have that many other players on international duty. A couple of players for Ireland. A member is going off to the, mm. the Congo. Um, but other than that. Uh, Lascelles can't be too far away from an England caller. Really? If he continues this form. Well, look at who's ahead of him. Like, wh- which centre halves are ahead of him at the minute? Like, Keane of Everton, uh, Maguire. Um, there's not a lot ahead of him, really. It's early. 
early. Sure, sure, but I'm just saying he's not far off. A call up for Lascelles. England, anyone can get called up to England. You know, five games ago, I wasn't sure that he should be in our starting 11. And we're a team that, you know, may still finish, you know, at least bottom half of the table. Yeah. Christ, I'm negative. We've we've done well. We had a really good result against uh, Liverpool. We yeah. Did, we did lose against Brighton, but before that we had three victories in a row. So I think we can go into this international break pretty happy. We're in the top yeah. half of the table. We've got two fairly, like, two decent games to come back to after it and I hope we like carry on some some optimism like all the boys will be going off into the international break even if they're just in, in training they'll be up they'll be optimistic so Southampton and Palace I'd, I'd be pretty happy with uh, like four points from that I think that'd be good yeah yeah and that, you know it's not unrealistic to say that we could get six from that no yeah um, anyone would be very you don't want to be the first team that Palace score a goal against do you no shit but oh, we do need what? to pick up some points before December because I'm planning on going to three games in December which means oh, fucking we will hell. not score a goal no in December so and we need to pick up some points who, who are you watching again it's Arsenal I'd like to West see Ham Arsenal, Arsenal Chelsea and West Ham Right. There are three fixtures in London in December, so I'm pretty I'd take sure. A point off that. Yeah, I mean, well, I'd like to think we can. We'll beat West Ham, but maybe they'll have got their shit together. Yeah, we will see. We should go. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, are you going to go to the pub and have a pint by yourself? I actually had one before the game, <laughs> before the game, <laughs> before the podcast. <laughs> I arrived a little early. I was like, yeah, I had a little pint. Well, it was I say a little pint. It was a norm, it was the size of a pint. It was a normal size yeah. pint. Um yeah. But thank you very much, Dave Watson. Thanks, Fergus. See, we don't need Paul, do we? Fuck him. Don't invite him back. That's it. You had your chance, Paul Doolan. Um but there we go. Let's finish it off. Enjoy your international break, guys. Do something else with your lives. Go spend some time with your family. Find a new hobby. My name is Fergus Craig. Thank you very much. Goodbye. This is a Playback Media production. To get all the links for this podcast, go to newcastlepodcast.com. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.